So Sandy and I chatted a few weeks ago, and this is part two. And we're now live in Paris at ETHCC, hanging out at a cafe, having a great time. It's a great summer week here in Paris. So I wanted to welcome Sandy again on the podcast and talk to us about some exciting news that you just announced this week. Awesome. Well, Max, it's great to be back with you and great to be here in Paris on this gorgeous day on a really Parisian cafe. I love it. And let me walk through the news that we just announced. We had two big announcements. So I'm with Unstoppable Domains. We have a digital identity platform for Web3. It's built on blockchain. Very powerful, very different than a Web2 digital identity where you have to enter a password and ID, but then the platform like a Google or a TikTok or a Twitter actually owns that digital identity and the data that's associated with it. We actually have you own the data and you own the digital identity. So a couple of interesting things about this, our digital identities are things like .nft, .crypto, a whole set of those. We announced here in Paris that we're now going to become a one-stop shop for Web3 digital identities. And so we just added to our portfolio .eth. Now, don't panic. We are using the ENS smart contract. So there's no collisions. It goes directly to the ENS smart contract. But we have added three, I think, really value-add features to help users, especially new users, come, hoping to onboard a whole set of new folks into the Web3 ecosystem. So one is auto renewal. A lot of people will tell me that they got their .eth and they forgot that they had to renew it. And so we auto renew for you. You get to select how long and what that payment structure is through Stripe. The second thing is we do offer you to be able to buy .eth through a credit card, which is brand new. Also helps a lot of our Web2 colleagues who don't have a wallet. And then our third thing is that we also now offer the ability for you to place that into an unstoppable vault. Now you still own the uh, digital identity, but it's placed in the vault so you don't have to have a wallet right away. When you do decide to get a wallet, you can immediately transfer it over. But in the meantime, until you get a wallet, it will sit there and protect your future in that phase. And part of the reason we're doing that is we're doing that to make sure that Web3 remains very inclusive as we move forward. Our second big announcement was around offering Unstoppable Marketplace. And there are marketplaces today, Max, for NFTs, but there is no marketplace today for Web3 applications. And so where do you go to find out all the utility, how you can use that Unstoppable domain, how you can leverage the power of Web3? Now we have a marketplace set up for that. A user can go in and search for a category like, give me all your wallets, give me all your dApps, give me all your metaverses. Or you can go search for a particular Web3 application that you've heard about, learn a little bit more about it. We also have a featured section that enables you to look at some of the featured apps. This month, we're featuring Web3 applications who have embedded AI into their functions since that's such a hot topic. And we also enable reviews. So I came from Amazon and we love our reviews at Amazon. And so it also enables reviews. So this is two powerful announcements. And these two announcements have both benefits for users and the second one, lots of benefits as well for partners. And both, I think, really benefit the Web3 industry overall as well. So that a little bit longer summary, but just a summary of the two big announcements that we just made. 
Well, thank you very much, Sandy. This is very exciting. And I have a few questions as I unpack the announcement. Well, the first thing is, and again, through your leadership, I think we're seeing with Unstoppable a very clear path towards commercialization and user adoption, right? So I'm seeing a lot of bridges here to try to get the Web2 experience migrating onto Web3 with the benefits of the end user ownership economy, which is something that you've been touting, right? You're enhancing the user experience, right? To make it easily accessible. I think one of the issues we've struggled with in this space has been built for engineers, by engineers, and trying to move away for mass market adoption. So back to the asset itself, you said you're now going to be essentially a hub for all things digital Web3 domains. What do you think of domains as a store value, both from an investment and speculation standpoint, but also from an adoption by real businesses? Great question, Max. So let's talk about businesses first. 11% of the Fortune 100 today already own their unstoppable domain. Most of them are not using it per se, but they're protecting their future. They don't want someone else to take their brand. And so I think that's pretty good. You know, 11%, not widespread adoption, but solid adoption in a space that is just at the very early stages. I would say from users, we have 3.6 million domains that are in the wild. We're the largest Web3 naming service out there today. I think the power, though, really comes through the utility of the 870 different applications that we now make available for anybody to use their unstoppable domain because utility is greater than hype. And if you just think about our very first use case that we started with, it was a very simple one. Um, Max, what you did was you typed in sandy.nft or sandy.polygon, and that enabled you to resolve to your wallet address all that series of letters and numbers. So that was our very first use case. And we wanted to take a look at how many people were doing that today. So 30 million resolutions happen every week using an unstoppable domain. I think that's pretty solid adoption. Again, usage, looking at where we are in the space overall. So I think we're not widespread adoption today. I think we have a long way to go for that. But we have solid usage going on in the market. And now that we're enabling more Web2 folks to come into the market, I think that overall marketplace will grow as well. And that will help spur even more usage in the space. Those are incredible metrics just in terms of the granularity. I'm a data-driven person myself. So just jotting down some of the key points that you outlined here. I'm curious, we're at the conference this week. You're obviously meeting many, many builders and application developers. What do you see as emerging trends as to why people would want to sit down with Sandy and Unstoppable and try to partner with you guys? Like, where are you seeing the best fit? Have you learned anything new? Has anyone come to you with ideas that you guys had not thought about? Where is the innovation going around your ecosystem? Yeah, it's quite interesting, I think, today. I mean, I love coming to these conferences, especially ETH CC. Bettina does such a great job here. Tickets sold out in 10 minutes. So you know that the people that are here mean business. And I would say that is one of the big things I'm seeing as a differentiator between last year and this year. Last year, we saw a lot of hype. This year, all the meetings have purpose, Max. People are coming in saying, I want to partner with you on this, or I was thinking about that, or I saw you present here. Can we do this? 
So it's much more purposeful versus last year, people would come and sit down and they would be like, hey, let's partner. Okay, what are you thinking? I don't know yet, but let's partner. And so I do like the attitude, the business focus that's out there on being very purposeful, very thoughtful when you come to the table. So we're still seeing a lot of the similar use cases, a lot of wallets that we're seeing here, even some new ones that want to integrate for resolution. And very simply, that means taking Sandy.NFT and translating it into the long set of letters and numbers. We already have 170 wallets, but Max, I'm so surprised at so many new wallets popping up to try to solve this usability problem. Timeless Wallet is here, for example, beautiful user interface. We just completed an integration with them. It's just a great wallet. You should try that out. So wallets are one. We're also seeing a lot of Web3 companies and Web2 companies who are approaching us about a branded domain. And what does that mean? So today we offer .polygon. And so obviously, Sandeep, CEO of Polygon, is using that for community. I met this morning with blockchain. So they have .blockchain. So blockchain.com is really driving community that way. We have other brands wanting to do something similar to what blockchain and Polygon has done very successfully. Now, we do have some wallets like Creasis and Clever who are already doing this today. But here at the conference, we've had we've been approached by blockchains wanting uh, TLDs, by wallets wanting TLDs, major Web2 brands asking how could they use that branded TLD for maybe a loyalty program, for example. I think that's the second. And then the third, I just wrote an article in Forbes. And it was about how blockchain can help with deep fakes that are created by AI. And we have something called social verification. And so what it does is if there is a picture or there is a video or there is a voice, I could even do it for our podcast today, Max. I could say this is verified by Sandy.NFT. And that would show on chain that I approve this broadcast, if you would. That it's actually my voice. You didn't have an AI bot create it and do an interview with the bot that you know it's me. So I had massive number of companies here track me down because of that Forbes article wanting to get started with that for their CEO, for their company, or even for their users as well. That is really, truly fascinating. I think there are very few players who are thinking along those lines on the business front. So I love your thinking about, okay, How do we get brands engaged? How do we solve real issues as it pertains to their businesses? Now, my next question is, how do you think about the monetization around those? When we talk about integration with wallets for resolution, obviously the the domain activity was the core engine of your revenue model. Are you thinking about additional lines of business as you think about branded domains and more engagement with brands? Like, How do you think about monetization? Yeah. I mean, I think our number one goal is always to make our user happy. So that's always our number one goal. And so we follow the AWS mantra of customer obsessed. If you do the right thing for the customer, you'll make money in the end. And so as you think about that, a lot of things that we do are B to B to C, not B to C. So what does that mean? It means business to business. So we partner with another business and they have a community of users or customers And in a sense, it's them reaching out to their customers. So a lot of times what we do with the businesses is we do a revenue share. So for example, 
if you've got a dot blockchain, every time dot blockchain is sold, we get a portion of the revenue and blockchain.com gets a portion of the revenue. We're also seeing because there's a lot of Web2 users now sticking their toe into the space, things like the vault are really powerful. And so we charge a $4 a year subscription fee for the vault. Pretty low nominal amount if you don't have a wallet that enables you to take that domain or digital identity and store it. So those are just some of the ways that we've seen for the revenue model. I would also say for loyalty, we have a marketing package, which is $5,000 a year. It was so funny today. This made me really think about pricing. I was talking to a partner and he goes, okay, $5,000 a month is very reasonable. And I was like, uh, it's not $5,000 a month, it's $5,000 a year. And he's like, okay, done, sign me up. So that made me think, oh, maybe my pricing isn't quite where it needs to be right now. But that's really what we're doing. And we're testing and experimenting with these things to see what our partners can leverage and use with their customers to really create a happy and delighted customer. So what should any individual out there in your mind today in terms of preparing for the ownership economy for their existence in a Web3 environment, what should they be doing right now when it comes to Unstoppable? What would be your recommended, if you're not familiar with Unstoppable and you're stumbling upon it and you're not the typical person that is hanging out at a conference today, you're one of those people that you and I are, are watching walking down the street just regular individuals, how do they prepare for Web3 in terms of gaining the most benefits out of it at this stage? Like what is relevant for them? Yeah, I mean, for me, the first thing would be to go and get your digital identity. For me, it might be Sandra Carter or Sandy Ann Carter or Sandy. Go and get that as your domain. And I think this is similar to what happened in the Web2 era. We saw people going and buying domains because they weren't sure what was going to stick, what was going to work, primarily for companies, right? Even today, like if you look at a large registrar's business, they're typically companies, right? Like Polygon.com or Unstoppable.com or Amazon.com. In the Web2 world, typically those are used for companies. But here in the Web3 world, because it's your digital identity, they're used for you as a person. So you may want to go and grab your first name and last name, like how do you want to be known? Or maybe a name that you use. Yesterday, I met a couple of people who hadn't been doxxed yet that are still using their quote unquote Web3 name. Captain Bitcoin comes to mind. So you want to go out there and grab that first. And then secondly, what I would advise you to do is as you're then setting up your digital identity, there's something that looks just like a LinkedIn page. In fact, Max, I was just demonstrating that to you and one of your colleagues. And the first thing he said is, this looks like a LinkedIn page for Web3. And I was like, yes, that's what I hear all the time. So go set that up for your Web3 brand. You probably have a LinkedIn page today. Most business professionals do. So why don't you go ahead and set up your Web3 profile as well? And there it could include causes that you love, like supporting the climate. It could support tickets to events you've been to, which are maybe a collectible that you have your education, maybe a certificate that you've gotten. And that really can start to build out your Web3 brand. Join some communities so you guys can start messaging and know each other. I think those would be the first two things that I would do. And then the third thing is once you feel comfortable is to start using that domain in a little bit more sophisticated way. Maybe setting up encrypted email with it. 
maybe setting up your gamer tag. So using it with Atari, for example, or even trying out some DeFi apps like maybe cook.finance that's out there today that has a DeFi app or Atlantis that has a metaverse. So there's so many ways that you can start playing with it. A lot of times I say when Web2, you can learn about Web2 and think about it and study it and really kind of get it. But for Web3, you got to get your fingers dirty. So you're not brainstorming things, you're playstorming things, you're playing with things just to experiment with it. So that would be my top three. Go get a domain, get your digital identity to get it set up as your profile so you can start branding yourself as being hip and cool and knowing what blockchain and Web3 are. And then three, actually start using it with some of those use cases. If you go to unstoppablemarketplace.com, you'll find 870 things you can play with right away. Start using it, playing with it, and then give us suggestions and ideas. And I think, again, with the ownership economy, I mean, with ownership comes getting your hands dirty, as you were talking about, it's very important to get acquainted with some of the principles because one of the benefits with decentralization, with self-custody of those assets, like when you buy a domain name in Web2, you don't really control it. You do own it, but you don't, there's no way for you to really monetize it unless, let's say, you went out and hired a lawyer and put together an IP licensing agreement with someone and counterparty to do that. There are apps and builders out there building ecosystems to allow you to put your assets to work, your IP assets. So let's just say you had domain names and a collection of domain names and they're sitting there idle and you've just bought them. Maybe from a speculative standpoint, maybe you're just trying to hedge your bets. Maybe you're a brand that needs to sit on those assets, but doesn't yet have a Web3 presence. You can make those assets productive, right? And so the reason why it is incredibly compelling, at least to me, and why I am a big believer in this era that we're entering is we're giving users more control, more responsibility, and you're enabling that. You're creating the tools to allow them to have access to that and making it seamless. A few years ago, it was still pretty hard. And now, thanks to businesses like yours, you're actually able to enter this world and not be a blockchain or Web3 professional. You can actually get your hands dirty, as you're saying, but not as dirty as you would have three years ago. So I find that very compelling. Well, Sandy, it's been great catching up. As always, I like this second part. I'm starting to do second parts with people that I've really enjoyed chatting with. So I'm looking forward to seeing this really take off. It sounds from the metrics that you're starting to get engagement. I know outside of our community, there's a lot of skepticism, but I think it's people like yourself through your leadership and business expertise that are really crafting the path forward for how this business is going to evolve. So thank you very much for spending time today with me. Thank you very much. And let's do our next one here in Paris too. What do you say? Well, maybe we should have some food next time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Thank you, Sandy. This podcast is produced by Rado Venture Management, LLC, RVM. RVM is not an investment advisor. The opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent, not investment advice.